It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. For House of Cars. It's Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Today's podcast runtime might look a little bit longer, and there are two reasons for that. The first is that at the end of the podcast, we did an interview with the woman who heads up Alberta's rat control program. Yeah, we did. Rat-free Alberta is a topic that I love. It's hilarious. And we had a good chat with her, so that's after the Heritage Moment, if you are interested to hear that. Uh, Also, I think I mislabeled some segments yesterday because one segment was on the podcast twice, and the funniest segment from yesterday didn't even make it. Well, what the hell? Yeah, so we're going to start with that segment right now. This one's actually from from yesterday, but we wanted you to hear it. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. We've got a water cooler down here, uh, just outside the studio. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, a couple weeks back, the water turned piss warm coming out of it. Yeah, it's no longer cold water. No. Not refreshing water. It's warm water. I was like, are we making tea now? Is that all we're doing with this? It's got the two buttons and the one's supposed to be cold, and it's definitely not. not. No. No. Which is kind of gross to drink. Yep. But I was talking about it with one of our producers here yesterday, and he's like, you could fault it. So I don't know if all companies work like this, but we have what we call a fault email. Yeah. And if anything goes wrong at all here, whether it's like with things that you hear on the air or the gear in front of us or just the building, Mm -hmm. you can send it to this fault email, and then it's supposed to end up at the person who has the answer for it. And it works pretty well for the most part. Yeah. Like, if you send a problem there, like, generally it will get fixed. Uh Uh-huh. So, I was like, can I fault, like, the water cooler? I mean, (laughs) we've faulted the toilet before when that thing... (laughs) That's true. That's a good point. ...goes south, so... So, so I did. I sent an email yesterday. I was like, the water cooler is no longer performing the cooler part of its job title. Mm. So, sure enough, they came down and took a look, and they're going to get that fixed, I hope, which which will be nice. But producer had a good theory... Do you remember back when they realized that the water in the toilet was hot? Yes. Remember when I sat down on it and it was steaming my ass? Yes. It was an alarming time Sean, forever. I was Sean steam dams. What's this for dinner? This is good. This is well, guys. I it forgot was about steam that. Rising up from it's could cook things in there. Did we, did we plumb it wrong? Is that like when it, when it was fixed? I don't fixed, remember. They ran a hot know. water line to it so we had like pipe and hot no, toilet water. Not my expertise here, so I don't know what it was. I just know it was alarming. We you were, don't want steam and We were boiling dumps here, weren't oh we? We my. were just go- we were just we were cooking poops. Oh like. my, hardened it up for home. Oh my. Well, this one's overdone. We're making soup in here. Holy crap! What's, why is it humid in the? It's so humid in the bathroom. It's like a steam room in here. Got our own little hot plate in there, and just gonna cook up some breakfast. Got in-floor heating in this toilet. Who needs one of them fancy? Just stick your face in there. You don't need to just waft that steam up, and you don't need a steam room. Who's cooking poop in there again? I was talking to a friend who just had surgery and she was telling me about how attractive her her surgeon was and I was laughing because I can relate. In in fact, one of my most embarrassing moments in my life, I can say, was when I, I broke my wrist in high school and I'd had this cast on my wrist for six weeks and when I had my checkups, there was this very attractive doctor who was doing it and then he wound up unfortunately being the same doctor to take my cast off when it was finally time and all I remember is him saying, Oh, it's smelling ripe in there, isn't it? <laughs> and I was mortified. I was, com- 
And to be fair, like when you have a cast on for six weeks, it does. It gets, it starts smelling a and little bit. And you have bit. that alien arm that comes well, out, this the skinny alien arm. So and- first he talks about how bad it smells, which again, as a 17-year-old girl, I was so mortified <laughs> to hear coming out of my very attractive doctor's mouth. And then it comes out and it's this little flipper, this little like nasty, pale, pasty. Oh, this is quite a disgusting, flipper. smelly little wing you got here. <laughs> I'm pretty grossed out. That's honestly like... You need to work on your bedside manner, You need sir. to stop saying... Like, you've seen nastier, I'm I'm assuming. Like, you've taken more gas off, and then that's what you have to say to me? Oh, it's smelling ripe in there. <laughs> that's that funny disgusting it, alien hand. This sort of implies that, like... You think you would have had a shot had it not been for the cast, right? That's true. Like seventeen year old you would have had a shot with a surgeon who was a grown man. You just don't want an attractive man (laughs) saying that to you. I know your wrist stanks. I know what you mean. A stank wrist over there. (laughs) Hey old stank wrist, nice to see you again. Oh, that is disgusting. What have you been doing with this thing? I remember that moment still live in a sauna? So vividly. Like I remember yeah. You take this thing in the, in the pool, in the or you just went swimming in it. I get what you're saying, though. There's a like, sea urchin in this. Oh, if you like, if you Lots especially if you, seafood. if you had to go to the hospital for something embarrassing. Yeah, you know, what? I, w- I would always think like, oh man, I hope my doctor or nurses yeah. aren't hot, but like they don't care. No, it doesn't make a difference. But, but you're still human, and you're capable yes. of embarrassment. And like, right? don't make so, comments like that. Like. <laughs> On fish smell in this what is this? disgusting, nasty urge. Shame on you. Shame oh on you. Oh, my God. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Some yogurt pissed me off this morning. I, b- I bought some yogurt from the, the company. I'm sorry, yogurt yeah. pissed you off? You heard that, right? Okay. You know the company? Odd thing to get mad about, but okay. Do you know Oikos? Yeah. Yeah, you probably have seen it at the grocery mm-hmm. store. It's in a blue container. Oikos, yeah. funny name. My favorite color of blue, too. Oh, you like that specific shade, do That's you now? That's great. Big, big fan. <laughs> okay. I pick my yogurt based on shades. Oikos is such a funny name, though. I know. Oikos. But anyway, the company makes quite the bold claim right on the packaging. So it says, Oikos, possibly the best thing to come out of the Mediterranean. I was like, Kate, settle down there, yogurt. Like, I mean, at least they said possibly at the beginning. Yeah, it, well, pos- like- it's possible, but it's not. But it's possible. Yeah. Like, that's that is a that's an absurd claim to make. That's a lot. Yeah. We're talking about the Mediterranean here. Like if someone if some company said we're the best thing out of some small town in Manitoba, mm. like you know, if Crown Royal was like possibly the best thing out of Gimli, Manitoba, we'd probably give that one to them, wouldn't For we? For sure. Yeah. But the Mediterranean? Yeah. The whole Mediterranean? There's a lot of good things that came out of the Mediterranean. There is. Like some of the oldest and richest cultures on earth. Yeah. France borders the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Italy, Spain, Egypt, even Greece itself. Like it's a bold statement, Cotton. I can, <laughs> I can think of a few things from Greece that were better than Oikos Greek yogurt. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, democracy for one. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a just big one, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Oikos. Oikos, wow. the Greek yogurt. That's... Yeah, I was upset. I was like, the nerve of this yogurt, the okay, gall. Well. I mean, once again, a little excessive for something to get fired up on, but... You take that back. I understand. Yeah. False advertising. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Before I left last week, I was watching the news and the West Block came on with Mercedes Stevenson. And I have to say, I think she has the perfect news voice. 
She's got the nasally thing going on, very posy, very enunciative. I just made up that word. I don't think that's the word, but she enunciates. You know what you mean. You know what I mean. Very, very clear that way. And I was thinking, I was like, she might, if you were to go to News Island and take the course, okay? (laughs) Do you have a clip of her? Yeah, I do. Here you go. This week on the West Block, more bluster from an increasingly belligerent Russia and China. Wow. See? Over the perils facing America's democracy. It's beautiful. Is the foundation set for a global power shakeup? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's got that voice down. I was almost thinking, I was like, we might have to do a news voice rating because we discuss news voice quite quite often on this yeah. show. We almost should rate these news voices that we hear. See, Yeah, that one's definitely from News Island. Oh, my God, like, is you, it ever. If you, if you went to News Island, you'd hear a lot of that. Just like, listen to this. Belligerent Russia and China. Listen to Russia that. Russia and China. Belligerent Russia Belligerent. and China. 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 I'm going to start saying it like that just in regular conversation. Me too. And all the T's I'm going to really punch. Yeah. Belligerent. So the Olympics begin in China. Russia and China. <laughs> so good. You're not really moving your mouth that much, but still really enunciating. Oh, you're almost like oh, in everything. You know? in Russia and China. Russia and <laughs> China. Russia. It's like I just got a lip job or something. I can't move my mouth. Russia and China. Uh, how many how many allegedly <laughs> out of ten are you gonna give this news voice? Oh man. Allegedly. He said it's perfect. It's kind of like oh, they almost all news voices are gonna be measured against this one, I think, it's going beautiful. forward. It is. It's so and it's good. like is this like the conspiracy corner measurements where like ten is the base? Yes, and, okay, I'd say well, so. Yeah. This is like an eighteen or nineteen oh, allegedly yeah. news voice. Allegedly. Allegedly in Russia, Russia and, and China. The BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast. I wanna say that made me laugh out loud when uh <laughs> Her voice was outstandingly beautiful, but when she was saying that horrendous news, you're like, "Wow, beautiful!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like you can hear like you can hear sounds of riots in the yeah, background and stuff. The screaming, and we're like, "Oh, just listen to that voice." This is how we do news now because it's just so horrible all the time that you have to find the positives, okay? And I agree. She could just uh, say the world is ending, and it would sound just <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like it sounds like she just had like, dental work done. Yeah, and her mouth is still frozen. She's had I just had surgery. a root canal, and my mouth is frozen. Russia and China. I feel like her mouth is moving quite a bit when she's talking. I'd love to see it. Thanks, guys, for such an awesome show every morning. Oh, thanks for the thanks call, so man. Much, we appreciate man. it. Take care, my dude. We got a message from a friend of the show, Sean, who said, do broadcasters take courses? Like, do you, do you actually take instruction on how to speak like that? Mm-hmm. Did you at your school? I didn't, but I, there you, there are courses for sure as part of school on how to how to talk. And it is, it's about enunciation. It's not to, it's not to like, <laughs> sound like you just had, you know, some surgery done in your mouth and don't move your mouth. It's just about a true enunciation. Our, at our school, they were all about not ever having a rising inflection at mm-hmm. the end of what you say. Yeah. So you couldn't ever say like this it had to be like this right it was always very declarative yeah and everything you say ends in a downward inflection mm-hmm. and i uh, think people uh, don't really talk like that no so. well and it com- when it comes to news i think it's a little different because 
I, they're trying to appeal to people who are a bit hard of hearing, I almost think, too. Like people who oh. are a little bit distracted and you want to make sure that you get the message across clearly rather than mumbling, right? Because mm-hmm. well, old people will not like that either. And as you may or may not know, news people get a lot of hate for everything. Their from, outfits, their lipstick, their, <laughs> their yeah, hair. The, the way the their lip- eyes look that day, you know, it's it's all part of it. So Also, I mean, if you're delivering the news, you do have to sound pretty certain of what you're saying. Yes. They're not just farting around like you and I are. No, we, no. The authoritative voice is a big thing. Like, you have to you have to sound trustworthy. That's a big a big one. Yeah, you can't so, be like, there's trouble in China? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> be like, it? well, you tell me. You you're the say. one telling me the news. Is there? BNS in 20 minutes or less. You love your car. Bet you'd love lower interest and lower payments, too. Refinance your auto loan with House of Cars and love the freedom of having more money in your pocket. Visit HouseOfCarsCalgary.com. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I got a funny meme from friend of the show, Alexandra, that said, Mercury's in reverse cowgirl again. And that's more fun than saying retrograde. That's way, so. that's way funny. Yep. Oh yeah, that's, that's what uh, that's what I'm going with here. Um, it's really <laughs> funny you mentioned this because I actually recently had uh, the social media update someone posted, and it says the wolf moon is in Cancer. Mm. Yes, so it said okay. beware, the wolf moon in Cancer is about to cause emotional overload. Oh man! So there's two things. And that going combined on with once. Mercury in reverse cowgirl, like this is. This is not good. This is not going to be a good time for anyone. Rough few weeks here. And then friend of the show, Martina, sent me this infographic, and it was showing when all the planets are supposed to be in reverse cowgirl this year. Oh, wow. And uh, it's a lot. And Martina said, if the planets are in retrograde for half the year, why is it a big deal? Well, I was kind of wondering that, to be honest, because I've seen this come up so often, and every time it it does come up, we talk about it. I'm like, I feel like we talk about it every other week right now. There's a lot of of reverse cowgirl going on. I mean, that is a great Up question, there. but maybe, yeah. for, I mean, for someone like Martina who doesn't draw energy from the planets, maybe it's a it's a great question, okay. but it makes sense to the rest of us. Yeah, it's fair. She probably doesn't even consult the resonance of Saturn before taking a risk. I bet she doesn't. I, b- I bet Get she, with it, Martina. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure she doesn't. No. Do you even manifest, bro? Oh, my God. Do you spend any time in the vibrations of abundance? I bet she does. She probably has never even spent any time in the vibrations of abundance. The fact that you you have these terms like readily in your brain is very impressive. Okay. So I was looking at my route to get home from my trip this past weekend and in the directions, it mentioned Jackass Mountain. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's a good. That's funny. Where's that? That's uh, it's in British Columbia. It's kind of close to here. I don't remember exactly where, but I've never heard of the name Jackass Mountain before. I was like, that's pretty funny. Strong name. Of course, they're referring to. Literal jackasses. Still, my immature brain goes elsewhere, and I'm a big fan. But it got me thinking about all the awesome mountain names that are out there. And I was like, could we do a, a top 10 mountain name in Alberta? Oh, the top 10 names of Alberta peaks. Now, there's yeah. there are so many options that this is... There are. And some of the most colorful ones, in other words, most racist ones, yeah. have been renamed recently. It's true. So, yeah. yeah um, but there are still some really... Some really good names out there. Yeah, and I mean, like, they don't have to be funny. They just like good, strong names. Okay. You know, good, strong mountain names. So let's do this. Okay. Top ten names of Alberta peaks mm-hmm. and mountains. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this first one is kind of like a three-parter. I think. Okay. There's just because they sound so cool. Tombstone, Wind Tower. Oh yeah. The Fortress, all in Kananaskis. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. Uh, Fortress Mountain was one of the ones I okay, had in there so as I didn't well. Mean to steal badass. From you. No, it's totally fine. In at number nine, I'm thinking. Cascade Mountain kind of goes with that as well. Cascade. Yes. You can see it in your head. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number eight, 
Mount Indefatigable. Oh, yeah. I don't know yes. if I'm saying that right, but it's in Peter Lougheed Park, and it's named after a, an old British battleship from the First World War, but that's a str- That Mount, is a strong We're climbing name. Mount Indefatigable this yeah. weekend. Oh, okay. I remember when I intense. first heard about that one, and I was like, I don't think I want to climb that one. Can we do another <laughs> one? Or uh, in number seven, Mastodon Mountain. Oh, yes. Mastodon Mountain. Just, I love that. Oh, yeah. Because of the animal and also the band Mastodon yep. rocks. Oh, he, they rock. Terry loves that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at number six. Yes. Mist Mountain. Oh, And that's just because of the Middle Earth imagery that it evokes. Mm -hmm. I love Mist Mountain. Totally. In at number five, Snow Dome. Okay, that's awesome. Doesn't even have mountain or anything. Just Snow Dome. Yeah, not mount anything. Nope. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Number four, Mount Smuts or Schmutz. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. It's in the spray range, but that's hilarious. (laughs) That's a good one. Up on Mountain Schmutz here. Big fan. Uh, In at number three, Cloudbuster Peak. No way. Cloudbuster Peak. There's a place in Alberta called Cloudbuster Cloud Peak. Cloudbuster Peak. And I'm just like, everything about that is beautiful. It's like the term skyscraper mm-hmm. almost, but the mountain version. Yeah, you can just see it. It's busting yep. away the crowd. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Number two, Mount Hooker. Also known as your mom's house. Oh, oh my he went God. there. Yeah, see, not your that, mom specifically. She's an a, angel. That's a weak. That's a weak one. Okay. <laughs> what? Mount Hooker? Oh my God. Okay. It's named after it's... a guy, I think. Not not. Like, no, it doesn't matter though. It's again creating the imagery like jackass Mount, mountain is fine. Mount Hooker. <laughs> and in it, in a number one, I don't know if this will be Mount Hooker. Actually, we might have to reverse these two. <laughs> but Night Rider Peak. That's a nice one. Again, just I kind like of it. creates the imagery. So there you go. You very know? cool. Mount one's Hooker, all though. Mount you're Hooker, right. Your mom's house. <sighs> Over on Mount Hooker. I hope that's right below it. That should be part of its name. <laughs> the BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. When you were away, Shauna, I was talking a bit about the Canadian healthcare system and how much money we spend and where we rank in terms of hospital beds in the world. And I. I just turned my phone on here in the studio and filmed it, and then I posted it on a few different social platforms, and it's kind of like taken off in the last few days. Mm-hmm. And it's made it's crossed that point where it's made its way into like the darker corners of the internet. Oh yeah, and we've seen this happen before. Yeah, a while back, you and I we posted a video. We were just talking a bit about this this idea of a great reset, and uh, everything was good for a bit, and then the comments started to get pretty wild. Yeah. I find that happens. The comments will always start very positive, and then, yeah, it gets to further places, and comments start to turn a bit. Yeah, because, I mean, like, the people who follow the X page generally are just pretty yep. normal folks, I think, right? Yep, and the con- sure. everything's good, and then mm-hmm. once it, like, gets a little more reach and starts creeping into yeah. some of these other parts of Facebook or whatever, then it starts, like, man, I there's some wild conspiracy. I saw one woman claim that Justin Trudeau gets paid every time someone gets a vaccine. Like he personally gets paid. Oh, well. Every time. Which would, goes. would be funny if I thought she was joking, but I think she was serious. No. Um, so, I don't. I, every time. <laughs> 4,000 more people were vaccinated today. He's like, yes. Woo! That's money for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. No. But, mm, no. And you and I don't get a look at these corners of the internet very often because I just don't really know anybody who goes there. I so. don't travel there willfully, and so they they only come out when they decide to, you know? Okay. Also, lots and lots of comments from Terry-looking guys on mm. these things who, like, kind of talk like they have all the answers, but they're not going to share it with us, right? It's just, right. it's all so simple. And if the rest of us weren't too stupid to see it, then right. if we were as smart as Terry, we would get it as well. The people would just write comments like, sheephole. <laughs> Like okay, uh, you got you got all the answers there, Terry, yep. in your stupid hat. They always have a stupid hat on. 
Well, always wearing a silly hat. You need a silly hat. That's all. <laughs> the BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. So I learned something about my watch on the weekend that I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. There is a ping feature on my watch to make me find my phone, so I can ping this little thing if I'm missing my phone, and it goes off. Did you do it, it right there? Yeah. Oh, that's that? sweet. Yeah, because your phone's on vibrate. Yes. You could never. Well, that is great. Oh, my God. I'm sure everybody in the world knows this if they have an Apple Watch because it lines up with my, my phone, yeah. right? They're both Apple. But I had no idea until this weekend, and I lose my well, phone all the time. There you go. So here we have this. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, how, how do we not have this feature for TV remote controls yet? Great question, because I tear my hair out at home looking for our remote. Brigham Everyone has a habit does. of watching. Yeah, because we lost it for like three weeks and couldn't watch TV. Mm-hmm. And I hear that's the most lost thing, I think, in anybody's house. You or always keys. hear about, yes, the keys or the remote control. You always hear about people losing them. How do we not have a little ping function? Well, they sell those ones that you can put on things, you can. right? But you're, why isn't it built into the why remote? How not? difficult would it be? We have the technology. Attach it to either the TV itself or yes. have a ping feature on the box, whatever you need. You know, you're like cable box. So when you can't find the remote, you just hit the little button and ping, 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 ping. <laughs> there it is. Here, 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 here. I'm right here. Over here, 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 here. Yeah, make it really fun for everybody, too. But honestly, it seems ridiculous this isn't a thing. Yeah, I agree. That is, That seems like it could be a very simple fix. Yes. It's already communicating with the TV. Mm-hmm. Like, it, te- it tells you everything now. You can split screen. You know, you can talk to your remotes now. But yeah, somehow, you can talk no, to it. You can point you can, it at the TV and right? it has a cursor come up. But you can't have a button that makes a little ping, 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 ping. Right? Like, it basically makes you coffee in the morning, but it has a ping, 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 ping. BNS in 20 minutes or less. When you were away, I was talking about how nobody ever writes things on their hand anymore. Yeah, it's true. You have a phone that you can type things into. That's or, right. Yeah. Someone did it on the show I'm watching right now, and it reminded me that people used to do that yep. prior to smartphones. But I got a couple messages saying you will still occasionally see it uh, in the construction world on job sites. I think if someone doesn't want to pull their phone out, I guess, or just wants to quickly jot it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then oddly enough, this podcast I was listening to the other day, the the host said that he writes things on his hand if if it's something really important that he can't forget, because it's tough to miss it when it's, especially nowadays, you're like, why do I have something written on my hand? It makes sense, yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to remember this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got a message from a friend of the show, Colin. And Colin said, I went to Costco yesterday with a friend, and once we were done and driving back home, she had to make a call and get some pricing on some stuff. She asked if I had a pen, so I handed it to her, and she whips off her shoe, pulls up her pant leg, and starts writing on her leg. On her leg. What on? <laughs> what? That is, uh, that's a first. I have never heard of that one before. Writing on your leg. Yeah. She's a big she- cheater. That's what she is. Watch out for her. From school? It's from school, because I used to write the odd acronym on my hand to not forget it, but you'd have to make it really small because you wouldn't want the teacher to see this acronym uh-huh. on your hand. But if you're an extra big cheater, you'd, you'd put it on your leg, because then you wouldn't see it on your hand, and then you just scratch and kind of peer up that leg. Band. She's, you're right. She's a cheater. You could write it north of your knee, mm. and then pull if you're wearing shorts or a skirt or something, yep. you could just kind of pull it back and see the uh-huh. answer. I've seen that one before. Don't trust but her. It, it sounds like she wrote it like on her the lower part of her leg, like on her calf or on her yeah. shin. Yeah, maybe she was wearing which, long pants when she used to cheat in school. <laughs> Had to reach all the way down there, which is that's wild. That is strange. This girl is wild. Wow, I would be very I careful. Would, I would look out for her. Colin says, he went on to say, I'm still uncertain why the shoe had to come off. Yeah, Maybe so she weird. didn't scuff the glove box. I was too speechless to ask. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would be too. 
But I'm sorry, are you writing this on your leg? Was there other stuff on her leg, too? Like, did she have an essay had, on there? Or just, she had other notes. Yeah, like a, a grocery list on there. and Like, that's weird. DNS in 20 minutes or less. Up Calgary Heritage Moment. With Calgary's new arena deal now but a memory, there has been much discussion in and around the city about the state of the Saddle Dome. The dome officially opened in 1983, and many Calgarians still love this iconic building. But what many forget is that the Saddle Dome didn't come without its own hurdles and skepticism. Many of the same issues that we've dealt with regarding this new arena came up during the Saddle Dome's construction as well. The main one being unexpected cost overruns. In July of this year, it was projected that the new arena would cost an additional $60 million to build. The original projection was $550 million. However, in July, that number jumped to $608 million. Well, when the Saddle Dome first opened in 1983, the final price tag was $16 million higher. With inflation taken into account, that would mean the arena back then cost an additional $44 million. The provincial government and the city themselves actually conducted two individual investigations to find out what had caused this overrun and found out it had to do with the Saddle Dome's unique roof. The saddle roof involved three acres of precast concrete, which was the largest pre-span concrete roof in the world. The design was a complex one involving concrete panels and a series of cables. The designer explained it as a giant tennis racket that was very difficult to build because you had to maintain the proper tension of these cables throughout its entire construction. Just after the building was complete, a contest was held to come up with a name for the arena. There were 1,200 entrants with names ranging from the Olympiad and the Megadome to the White Hat and the Calgary Paddock, but of course the winner was the Saddle Dome. A 43-year-old business maintenance worker came up with the name, and he and his son won season's tickets for two years for their winning name. Although the name is iconic today, it wasn't favored by all when it was first introduced either. Many complained that the building was not, in fact, a dome, something I'd never considered until now. And the unique saddle roof that was caused for the additional costs back in 1983 is now one of the building's biggest issues. The roof is too low for the lighting rigs of many bands and events, causing them to pass by our city. Regardless, the Saddle Dome is one, if not the most iconic building in the city, and without it, our skyline would be much less unique and much more boring. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Who are you going to get to get them under control? Somebody, anybody, call up the Rap Patrol. Rap Patrol. Well, you probably know that Albertans are very proud of the fact that the province claims to be rat-free. Uh, to the point that I even call the rest of Canada Ratville now. Um, on the phone is Karen Wickerson, the Rat and Pest Program Specialist with the province. Karen, is it true? Is Alberta rat-free? What that means is rats do get into the province, but when, and when they do, we eradicate them. So we definitely can't prevent them from getting into the province. But like I said, when we do, we, we eradicate them. So do people phone you all the time with rat spottings? Is that a thing? It, that's very correct. We have an email set up, 310rats at gov.ab.ca, and that is where we receive the majority of our reportings. And people are able to phone us at 310 Farm as well to report rat sightings. So how many rats would you say are spotted a year? Or how many rats would you have you found in Alberta per year, let's say, in the last year? Sure. I was just totaling up my last year's, looking at my spreadsheet from last year, and I had 30 reported sighting or 30 confirmed rats, yeah. excuse me. And of that, I had 
two or three infestations out at the Saskatchewan border. So then the rest are single rats that made their way into the province, you know, on vehicles. In the grand scheme of things, 30 is not a whole lot of no, rats. No, when you consider the size of this impressive province. impressive as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It varies on the time of year. Okay. We find more more reported sightings in the spring and the fall. That is when muskrats are more, they're moving around more. I was going to ask if muskrats count under your definition of rat, because I remember I lived in Lloydminster and I saw a muskrat on the Alberta side, and I was like, I don't think you're supposed to be here. (laughs) Um, Actually, muskrats are native to Alberta, so they are allowed to be in Alberta. (laughs) Okay. The the Norway rat and the roof rat are an invasive species. And, of course, they didn't originate. They're, they're not in Canada at all, or North America for that matter. So um, that, that is the, the two species we ask people to report to us. Are the rats coming in via the borders, or are they coming in, like, through shipping? Both, actually. Uh, it's mainly the Saskatchewan border that we, we still patrol every year, twice a year. We check the premises from Cold Lake down to the Montana border twice a year, the first seven kilometers westward. And then the, the rest of the rats that do make their way into the province do so on transport trucks or holiday vehicles that are returning from outside of the province. Now, when you get reports of rats, like via email or whatever, do you kind of check that they're credible, like kind of like Crime Stoppers, where you have to look into that before you actually go hunting for this rat or... Definitely. We investigate every reported sighting. The great thing now with the email that we have set up is we encourage people to send photos of the critter if they can. Mm. So that makes it very easy for me to identify right away whether it is a rat or not. Mm. When you say you patrol the the Saskatchewan border twice a year, what does that actually look like? Is it checking traps? Is it putting out bait? Is it... So we have six municipalities along the border that are part of the rat control zone, and they each have a designated pest control officer who goes out and uh, inspects every yard, every building along the border there for the first seven kilometers westward. That sounds like an enormous job. It is, yeah. Because that's not a small border. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So how many people do you have working total then that are patrolling the borders? Well, there's the six pest control officers that are designated along the border there, and then myself. But if I do receive a a reported rat sighting anywhere else in the province, I can phone the local municipality, and they have a designated pest control officer who will go out and investigate for me. Oh, interesting. What's the urban-rural split in terms of sightings? Like, do do you get rat sightings in the big cities like Calgary and Edmonton, or is it mostly on farms and in smaller communities? It's a mix of both, actually. Definitely in the cities, there are a lot of muskrats reported. Okay. Followed by the pocket gopher. I find the pocket gophers are more rurally reported. (laughs) (laughs) So is this because we have so few rats here that people don't even know what a rat looks like? I found a rat! (laughs) That's exactly it, Shauna. The great thing is Albertans have never had to live with rats, so they don't know what they look like. They can't (laughs) properly identify them. Or it's not like if you live in New York and they're just everywhere, everywhere. in the subway system. and Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really right. funny. You need to have posters, awareness posters. This is a rat, okay? This is the one we're looking for. Yeah, I can always, um, I like to direct people to our website where we have lots of photos of roof rats and Norway rats. And then, of course, the other critters often mistaken, the muskrat, the pocket gopher, 
We're chatting with Karen Wickerson from Alberta's Rat and Pest Control Program. Sean, it's funny you bring up the posters because if you go on the history of the Rat Control Program website, yeah. on the government's website, like it shows all of these old uh, like rat awareness posters from the program's history. And That's hilarious. Karen, so obviously the program doesn't do as much of that anymore because some of these, like they, they almost look like wartime propaganda. Exactly. That's what a lot of the posters back in the 50s were based on. The program was started in 1950, so it's been running for 70 years now, and they really launched a big awareness campaign initially to go out and educate Albertans, particularly the rural Albertans, mm-hmm. on what rats look like. Some of, yeah, some of the posters are downright unsettling. Like there's, it's very clear that rats were not welcome in the oh province. God, even. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, pe- I understand pet rats aren't allowed in the province. That's correct. We don't allow them at all, simply because we don't want Albertans to become complacent about seeing rats. So if they see a pet rat in someone's home and then go outside and see, say it at a building or something, they may not report it to us. So for that reason, we don't allow pet rats. It's hilarious because growing up, I had a lot of friends who had pet rats. So it's bizarre to think that they're not allowed here just in case. Like, you want to keep them keep them scary to Albertans? Is that really what it is? Like, <laughs> Well, I, I kind of like to focus on the fact that they're an invasive species and they cause a lot of damage. Right. And they can spread disease as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would you consider Alberta to be rat-free or as close as a place could be to being rat-free? That's right. Yeah, for sure. We don't let them permanently establish in the province. We can't inspect every vehicle coming into the province to Mm -hmm. make sure they're not carrying rats. So we we rely on the public to report rats to us. Wow. Well, keep up the great work, and I will continue to be very proud of our rat-free status. Yeah, thank you for making us (laughs) rat-free. Thank you. (laughs) You've been listening to the B&S in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. For House of Cars. Until January 15th, enter to have House of Cars wipe out your debt for free. No strings attached. Visit houseofcarscalgary.com. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x 9 92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.